But if you want to turn into Luke, we're going to stay in the gospel of Luke. We're going to bounce a couple verses just to kind of lay the foundation for what the next uh, few weeks are going to look like. I'm not entirely sure how long this is going to go. How many of you guys would just be like, just come on, can we just be honest? Can we do family right now? Everybody good? Okay. Um, and we prayed like four times. There's no way you can lie now. Okay. Uh, I, how many of you would just be like, yo, I am killing it in my prayer life? Anybody just like, oh, dominating that prayer closet? Anyone? And some of you are all being like really humble now, which is I appreciate too. Yeah. How many, okay, let me say it like this. How many of you like, I could do better? Anybody like, I could, do, I could do better. And not like on a grading scale, like God's giving you A plus or F minus, you know, none of that. Like, but just like, I, I, would, I would love to pray more, better, like actually know that what I'm praying matters. Like, is there a cheat code if I hit AAA up, down, left, that I'm going to, like, obviously going to work? Like, anyone, anybody wish there was a cheat code? Like, you just wake up and go, thus saith the Lord, amen, ah, a, ah, boop, done. And it's like. I don't even know what that was. I boo. I don't even. Was that? You should try it. I mean, let me know if it works. You know, like maybe something just happened. I don't know. Mary's gonna text me. You wouldn't believe. It. Um, but prayer is one of those things. I I just I think it's a a, a lifelong journey, um, as as uh, Bishop John over here would say, in spiritual formation. That prayer is is while it is a tool. In our life, it is it, to 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 bring heaven to earth. It is also a place where God develops us most. Um, the reason we have a tough time with prayer is because we, it's like us and God, and nobody else we can like shift the blame to. <laughs> you know, like if this ain't going well, like well, I don't think it's God. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not Him. Um, and we and, and we're left to ourselves. I, one of the one of the great challenges of our culture is that we aren't bored anymore. We're bored and yet busy. That if you're you know yesterday we went Mary and I go on a vacation. We told you that, so that means we have to get a whole new wardrobe just for the five days that we're gone. And um, and so we were in uh, Old Navy, which is like, do they ever sell anything full price? Because it is like always fifty percent off or something. It's just like amazing. Anyways, um, it's like it, whatever. So um, so we're in there, and the boys and I are sitting there waiting, and because uh, I did my shopping in three minutes. And I was done. And, uh, and so we're sitting there, and, uh, and like, I just, the natural reaction, take out your phone. Right? I got to look at the stuff I looked at 12 minutes ago. You know, pretty sure there's nothing new. Um, and there's NBA free agency that starts tonight, so I haven't been able to stop checking my Twitter. You know, it's nonstop, y'all. It's so crazy that they've already signed people when they haven't even been allowed to sign people yet. It's strange. Anyways, um, it's rigged. But prayer is one of those places, it's hard because we don't really make time for God. I mean, heck, we don't even make time for ourselves anymore. The time we think we're making for ourselves, we're really only doing because we're trying to please people or achieve, like, keep the status quo. We don't really dream much anymore, we just do. We're busy. And so prayer, it's, it's the, the idea of wonder and awe before God is a hard place. It's why... So many of us, when we finally get out of town and we put our phones down, 
right? Put our phones down. And maybe we're at the lake or we're at, you know, in the mountains or we're at the beach or we're at some place where all of a sudden you go, wow, I forgot. I just forgot. And prayer is meant to be one of those places that reminds you. Prayer is meant to be one of those places where God is regularly and consistently reminding you of who he is. And as we've been talking about in our school of leadership, which has been awesome, um, we'll run it again in September, so make sure you sign up. But we, 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 we understand that the more we know about God, the more we know about ourselves. That the more we see Jesus, the more we see us. In fact, one, the way Paul says it at one point is that, you, that we are wrapped up in the mystery of Jesus. Like we, if we don't get in him, we ain't ever going to find us. And, and so prayer is such a big thing. And we make it overcomplicated, right? We do think there are cheat codes. We think there are certain words we're supposed to say. And we get around people who are, who are just like Jesus would have addressed, we, that, that just pray and pray and pray and never stop saying big words and they'd say all the stuff. And I mean, even how many of you guys change your language when you start praying? Like words you never use, all of a sudden you're using in prayer. Right? I'm not even going to show you the words I use. They're strange. They're so spiritual, right? They're so churchy. And, uh, and they're not bad. Like, you can use them. But it's, it is interesting because we all, on the inside of us, think that somehow if we can just get it right. But maybe that's not the point. Maybe it isn't the point. The point isn't to get it right. The point is just to get it. The point is just to be there. The point is just to make time for the creator of the universe. What an amazing gift. That it isn't just get your life in order and someday, somewhere, I will speak to you when you've lived this life already. But no, in the midst of and in the middle of who you are and what you're doing, I will speak to your heart. Now, there are different types of prayer, and there are times where we intercede, and there are times like we've done today where we speak something and we pray something, we believe for something. But usually that is something that's birthed out of consistent and Because the more you understand about who God is, the greater your prayers will become. The more I understand about my dad, the more I understand about my father, who I know if I just mention, hey, you want to go grab a bite to eat, he's going to pay for it. Like, the more I understand about my father, the less I'm reserved in the way I approach him and in the way I pray and in the things I say. That my, my father is not impressed with me, but he's proud of me. And yet he does look upon me with joy and admiration. I'm his child. He created me. All right. So let's, let's do something here. I want to... I wanna, um, Kind of set the, 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 the stage for this, this series title. We've, we've named it Teach Us to Pray. Teach Us to Pray. Because again, if we're honest, we could all do better. And, and maybe some of us think that somehow when you give your life to Jesus, that somehow all of a sudden God drops this prayer thing in your life and you're just good at it. Right? And that's really not necessarily how it goes. And so I want to just kind of bounce through a few verses. And I believe we have, we'll have them all on the screen but Luke chapter 5, verse 15. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. We're just going to bounce through a few of these. This is Jesus, okay? Luke chapter 5, verse 15 says, But the news about him spread even more, and large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now, you would think if someone's having a great ministry thing, they would make sure they schedule some more ministry appearances. But instead, he often withdrew to deserted, remote, or even lonely places and prayed. 
he would often withdrew to deserted, remote, lonely places and prayed. Just go one more chapter over. Uh, chapter 6, verse 12. We'll go 6, verse 12. You ready? During those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. It's, 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 it's an interesting thing for me to hear that, to hear that Jesus prayed all night. Like, uh, like when you have a friend and you stay all night on the phone or you, or you stay out way later than you're supposed to because conversation's going that well or, or uh, whatever. W- withdrew to the mountain, went to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. And that had happened again, just like in chapter 5, after he'd healed a bunch of people and, but also ticked off some scribes and Pharisees. So he knew that in that moment it was all going well and it was all going bad all at the same time. It needed to pray. Verse, chapter 9, verse 18, just go a couple chapters over again. Chapter 9, verse 18 says, While he was praying in private and his disciples were with him, which is a bit of a, a bit of a, yeah, that doesn't really agree, but I'm praying in private with my disciples because Jesus was always developing his disciples. And one of the greatest ways to develop, develop people is to show them your life, not just to tell them what theirs should look like was praying in private, and his disciples were with him. He asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? And then chapter 9, verse 28. About eight days after these words, he took along Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. Jesus was a man of prayer. Now, we believe he was fully God, fully man, and we believe that he, he, he knew who he was, and yet he still believed that he needed to pray. That it was a priority for him to pray. And the reason we think that's surprising is because we think of prayer only in one way. I need something, I'm going to ask for something. We, we hear it all the time that we're supposed to talk with God in conversational, relational, and yet we treat it more often than not as a way to receive or get something or to bless something. Like we said last week, most of us live our lives as though uh, like we pray for our food. Most of us live our lives, it's already been prepared, it's already been made, it's already been delivered, it's set down at your table, and then you look around and pray over it and bless it. We, 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 it's all done, it's all worked out, and then you pray that, it, that it's blessed. Maybe we should pray over how it's made. Maybe we should pray before it gets made. Maybe we should pray over the person making it, so that when we, it gets to us, we don't have to pray that, oh God, I hope I did it all right. And so we talked about this idea of prayer. Jesus prayed. He often prayed. And so for the disciples, the disciples were watching Jesus do all of these things. They were watching the disciples do all these, um, watching Jesus do all these incredible things and, and was curious and they were wondering, what is going on? And one of the only times we ever see the disciples ask Jesus to teach them something to actually teach them to do something. Not healing, uh, not casting out demons, not, not preaching. It, they don't ask him to teach him to do any of those things. They, they ask him one thing, teach us how to pray. It's an incredible thing because, G, because the disciples were seeing Jesus do things and were figuring out, they were beginning to put two things together and realizing that all of these things were preceded by one thing. And that was Jesus getting away and getting alone and going to places to pray. So in Luke chapter 11, again, go to just another couple chapters over. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, he was praying. There it is again. He was praying in a 
certain place. Jesus had his places. He would either go in the mountain or he'd go in the lonely place. He, he had certain places he would pray. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Aren't you glad that the disciples were just average Joes who asked the dumb questions that you and I never want to have to ask? No, you're not. You're just good. You're Okay. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't pick all the religious guys who would just act like they know what they're doing? I mean, do, have you ever done that? Hey, can you pray for us? Yeah. Totally cool with that. Have no problem praying over the food right now. I'm, my prayers over there. Everybody always asks me because I'm the pastor guy, right? Hey, you should pray over the food. And I always try to make it like less than, I, Lord bless it in Jesus' name, amen. Why do I need to, anyways. But aren't you glad that, 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 that the disciples would ask a question like that because it made it in the Bible? I think sometimes we just need to be willing to, hey, God, teach me how to pray. I don't know how to pray to you, so can you teach me how to pray to you? I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to be saying, how I'm supposed to be doing this, and, and yet the disciples were willing to say, hey, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And so... So he does. He begins to tell them about certain things. And he actually lays out a model for them. But it's important for us, and I love this phrase, and we said this last week, and we say it on a regular basis, that the gospel is not only written to you as an individual. The gospel is not just written to you as a person, but written also to us as a people. And I love that the way this question is phrased is not say, teach me how to pray, but teach us how to pray. There's a quote that I wanted to read to you, and I'm sure I'm not sure if I put him in order for the guys, um, but here it is from Dallas Willard. He says this: "The social dimension of church, in all its glory, is derived only from the individual's communion with God. The social dimension, in all its glory, is derived only from the individual's communion with God. In other words, what he's saying is." That as you and I learn to pray, and we come together and pray, there's some. In other words, I'm not coming to Sunday hoping to figure out and start praying. I've been praying. So now I'm coming together with expectation. I'm not coming to Sunday hoping for hope. I have hope. I'm bringing it to you and with you and for you. You and I are bringing it together. I'm not hoping for these things. I'm not just, I'm not just hoping that Sunday morning will answer all that. I'm bringing it together with us, and we can have a sense of expectation. Together. Does that make sense? Now, I know that some of us walk in a little bit different. Maybe we walk in a little bit of a difficult week or a difficult season, and so we need to walk into a place where other people are bringing hope, where other people are bringing joy. And what, what, what Dallas Willard is saying and what I think teach us to pray really speaks to is this idea that if we are praying as individuals regularly, consistently, continually, as we talked about last week, that when we gather together, the, 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 the sense of expectation, the sense of devotion, the sense of fruit and joy that God's already been producing in our lives will be exponentially more. That what we see happen in us will be a direct reflection of what is happening in me. And what happens in me will be a direct reflection of what's happening in us. Are you with me? And so they, 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 they say this, this question, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Prayer 
is such a huge part of communal life. It is such a huge part of community. Jesus did not just give us prayer for our own individual lives. He also gave it to us for our communal life, for our community, for our friends, for our relationships. And so he goes into this, and I'm going to do this fairly quickly because I know we have um, uh, some time constraints. But Luke chapter 11, we're going to go back to this. And Jesus answers them. So they say, hey, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. In verse 2, he said to them, whenever you pray, say this. Whenever you pray. I I think this is important. When you pray, there is an assumption by Jesus that you will pray. There is an understanding by Jesus that you and I will actually set aside time to pray. I think it's really really clear to us throughout Scripture that prayer is both encouraged and in many ways expected. That we are people who should, that we will, that it's, it's part of who we are as believers to commune, to talk with God. And, 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 and I, I don't know about you, but there's a verse in the Bible that, that's a bit challenging. It, it says this, to pray continually. That's a tough one. I don't know, you know, because some of us, again, our perception of prayer, our understanding of prayer is that it has to be, a, you know, you have to be quiet, close your eyes, you know, fold your hands together, a la the graphic. And, uh, and that's our, and so, well, we can't do that all day. That wouldn't really work. And maybe if we understand that prayer is as much spirit to spirit as it is a spoken word, that there are, there are times where we can just pray. We can just continually be in prayer. But one of the things, I don't know if you know this, in, in marriage, for me, if my only talk with my wife is small talk during the day, then, then I'm not really building my marriage or my relationship. If the only time her and I talk is when we're catching up on what the rest of the schedule is or just quickly as we're passing by or as I'm at work or she's at work and we're chatting on the phone, okay, we got this, okay, cool. That's fine and that's, that's good and hey, you should do some of that. But how many of you know you need more than that to develop a healthy, life-giving relationship? So we do, we have what we call date night. No, it's not a novel idea. It's something that they've done for a long time. We do date nights. We find time where it is just Meredith and I, and we hang out. And the purpose of going to the restaurant is not the restaurant. The restaurant creates the environment for the relationship. Prayer is not the point. Prayer is the practice that we might create an environment where God and I are in relationship. Prayer isn't necessarily the goal. Prayer is the place where I can meet with God and build a healthy, life-giving relationship with Him. And just like any relationship, just like conversation is an art form, I don't know about you, when people say this, hey, just prayer is talking with God. Like, that's kind of intimidating. Right? Like, I'm not even good at talking to strangers. And now you're telling me to talk to God? Like, what if I say something wrong? Like, is he going to leave the date? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't, what's going to happen? Is he going to have an emergency phone? Oh, sorry, I have to run off right now. Like, you know, what, like, I don't, what's going to happen here if I say, I don't know about you. And I understand why we say it that way. And it's true, talking with God. But there's something about that that even is a bit like, uh, hey, God, what's up? Right? It's still, there's something about that that's not even completely understandable or completely clear. We, we, we have a tough time with it sometimes. But, but maybe, let me just take the pressure off 
you for, for many of us. Because I think the first thing we say is, I'm not sure what to pray. Maybe the first thing you should worry about is when you pray. Just when. Don't worry about the what you're going to say. Just worry about when you're going to say it. In other words, maybe for the first little while, maybe it's just about making a win. Just make a time. Just create a space. Just find that moment in the morning. Find that moment in the afternoon or at night. Find that time at some point in the week where you are setting aside everything else and you're just going to sit. And you're just going to have a win with God. You're just going to be with him. And you may not know exactly what you're going to say, but that is okay. Just sit at the table. And so many of us get ahead of ourselves. Why? What if I don't say this right? What if I don't do this right? What if I speak the wrong thing? What if I say the wrong thing? Is God going, can you stop worrying about that? Can you just come over here and try? <laughs> can you just come over and say, like, just get over here. If, if it's really talking with God, then maybe we can just listen for the first part. Maybe we can just sit and just let God speak. And most of the time, most of the time, it's spirit to spirit. Most of the time, it's just nudging you. Most of the time, it's just, hey. I mean, even as we were praying here a moment ago, I didn't come up here with the perfect thing to say. I just stopped long enough and waited long enough to be able to hear what the Lord is speaking to my spirit and to be able to say it and share it. Sometimes it's just, just get to win. You'll get to what? Don't worry about that. Just make the time. It's like, it's like never asking the girl on the date because you're not sure what you're going to say when you get there. Well, guess what? You ain't ever going to say anything if you don't have it there. So maybe that's the first thing. Whenever you pray, when you pray, when you set that time, maybe you're going to have five days in a row of just sitting there for 10 minutes and going, God, I don't know what to do right now. Oh, God can use that. God, I'm not sure what to say to you, but I want to hear your voice. Cool. Let's go there. Hey, God, I, I know they say you're my father. I want to know that. I want to know that. If you don't believe that prayer is about relationship, then just check out the very first thing he says in Luke. Now, this is recorded again also in Matthew 6, but let's just check out the very first thing Jesus says you should pray. The very first thing. He says, whenever you pray, say this, Father, Father. Listen, don't come to prayer thinking that somehow it's meant to be all your requests laid out before God. You can do that. You can do that. But it's first that you know him as father, that you have relationship with him, that you are shaped in relationship with him. Father. There are times where I'll pray the Lord's Prayer. I, I pray the Lord's Prayer all the time. It's such a great template, such a great pattern. And that's really truly what it is. It is not necessarily meant to be that you have to pray that same prayer every single time because if you do, what translation are you supposed to use? Right? Like you might get it wrong. If you use the wrong translation, y'all. It's meant to be a pattern. It's a template. It's, it's, it's for you to build off of. It's for you to understand some of the basic principles of prayer and use that as you pray. And there are times where I never get past Father. And for some of us, for me, I love my, my, my dad is amazing. I'm not sure there's a better one on the planet. But even then, I still pray Father and go, God, teach me what that means. For some of us, Father is not a good word. It's a bad word. It's a cuss word in your house. It is a word that you don't want to deal with because there's so much pain and frustration and in many ways, just nothing. And so you are the same way. And you may get to that word Father and go, 
I want to know you as my father. I want to know you as one who loves me, fights for me, has a dream for me, will shape me, who gives me identity. Father. I, I, I don't know where you're at on that spectrum, but I think we all could relate. That I, 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 just, I just want to pray, God, I want to know you. I want to know you like that. I want to know you so well. Dallas Willard, with another quote, uh, says it like this. Spiritual formation. And Dallas Willard's brilliant. If you want to read a book about prayer or hearing God, he actually wrote a book called Hearing God. And it's brilliant. It's heavy. And yet really uh, freeing. It's, it's an incredible book. Uh, but very, he's a very smart person. So it's taken me a very long time to read it. He says, spiritual formation into Christ's likeness true change of character, in other words, comes from living in relationship to God. It doesn't come because you show up at church on a Sunday. How many of you know the Christians? How many of you have ever been the Christian? Who you show up at church on a Sunday, you even go to connect group every once in a while, and your life continues to just be the same thing over and over and over. You're just repeating the same cycles because you think if you just are showing up and you're checking off the boxes and you're getting your gold star, that somehow that's what's going to change it. The reality is, is that God changes you person to person, face to face, in relationship. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so he could be personal with you. So he can handle all the deep, darkest things that are going on in your life. That's why prayer should be one of the ultimate resources of your world. When you're worrying, pray. When you're frustrated, pray. That might mean if all the time you are frustrated right now, if you are never stopped getting worried or frustrated, then you should never stop praying. I know maybe that feels like pressure. But, but again, I'm coming into relationship with God. Father. I want to know you like a father. I want to be shaped in relationship to you. That's the first and foremost thing about prayer is that he is close, that he is here. How many of you ever prayed, God, show up? And God's looking at you going, I never left. Sometimes we pray these things that we're like, no, but he's here already. He's with us. He's for us. One, a physicist from uh, years ago, Sir James John, he's passed away, he's early 1900s, said it like this. He said, the universe begins to look more like a great thought than a great machine. Mind no longer appears as an accidental intruder into the realm of matter. We are beginning to suspect that we ought rather to hail it as the creator and governor of the realm of matter. In other words, what's happening in here is so powerful. It's so real. It's so close that God can use it and speak to us, that he doesn't have to do it through some other thing, that he is now so close, spirit to spirit, able to speak to our lives and into who we are, that even science is beginning to testify to the idea that it is not the material that creates, but it is what's happening in our mind and spirit, what's happening internally that begins to create our world. Why is prayer so important? Because it begins to shape who we are in our character and who we are in our lives. And the second thing he says is this, Father, then he says, holy, holy is your name. Holy, set apart, to be awed and wondered at, to be blown away by, to be impressed with. You are a good Father and you are a great God. I, I, would, I would hate if we had a good Father who couldn't do anything and I would hate if we had a, a great God who wouldn't do anything. I love that we have a good Father and a great God, holy and set apart. And then the next thing he says is your kingdom come. So he starts with relationship. 
Then he starts with power, strength. He is holy and set apart. He is not affected by the way this world is, but he does enter into the way this world is. And then he says, your kingdom come. The greatest way the kingdom will come in your life, in your home, in your heart, in your mind is through prayer. It's through prayer. So the disciples, and we're not going to get to all the Lord's prayer today, but the disciples say, hey, teach us to pray. And he, he starts with, his priority is, one, I want you to know God. I want you to know him. And two, in knowing him, I want you to understand that he is, he is far greater than anything you've ever encountered. He is set apart. He's different. He's bigger. There should be an awe and wonder in your life about who he is. Paul David Tripp wrote a book entirely about the word awe. Awesome. He, he, he said one of the primary issues of our day is that we don't know how to be in awe of anything anymore. We aren't in awe of anything. And if we would just be in awe of who God is, maybe we'd begin to get aligned with who he is. And then after we talk about how great he is, we talk about your kingdom come. He prioritizes his will. He prioritizes his kingdom. He prioritizes the things he wants to do in our life. And that's where prayer has to be a trusting thing. Because prayer interrupts our life, doesn't it? I'm telling you to pray and you're going, where am I going to fit that in? Prayer is a kick to our ego. Prayer, it, it, it hits our pride really hard, doesn't it? It says, hey, this, you're not going to do it all by yourself. You're not going to figure it out all on your own. And you, my goodness, have you tried. But if I could just get these three things in your mind today, if I could just get these three principles in your heart today, if I come before God, make sure you have a win and maybe you can't do it every day this week. Maybe that's not quite on the thing yet. Maybe that's a, too deep a dive. Three, four times this week, just find a moment with the Lord. Just find a time. Shut off everything. Put your phone away and sit with God. And if you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just go, God, I'm here with you. I'm here. I want to I, I know you. But if you wanted to pray something, take this and go, Father, I want to know you. I want to know you the way Jesus knew you. Because everything Jesus did was preceded by how he talked to you and how you talked to him. I want to know you. I want to know you as Father. I want to know you closely. I want to know who you are. But I also want to know how great you are. I want to know how big you are. I want to see it. You are holy. And it's not even a, I want to see, it's almost a profession and confession. I believe you are greater. I trust you. You are larger than the things I'm facing. You are greater than the things I'm going through. Your faithfulness is not in interrupted by the things that I'm dealing with. Your grace is not smaller than the sin or the struggles I'm fighting through. You are greater than all of these things. And I pray that your kingdom would come in my life. And as I pray that kind of prayer, I become a kingdom builder. As I pray your kingdom come, all of a sudden I bring the kingdom with me. All of a sudden, God goes, yeah, 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 we're going to do that together. Yeah, yeah, we're going to partner with that together. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make this thing happen together. Here's the thing that I want you to hear today. More than any other thing, God wants to be close to you. God does want to know you. God does want to be close to you. And you have to stop making it about the perfect prayer, making it about the cheat code, making it about every other thing. You have to place your trust that he can hear you he can see you and he knows you you're his child he created you 
and he knows what you're walking through, and he knows what you're dealing with, and if you would continually pray, he will suddenly move in your life. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you that you are with us, that you are for us. I thank you that there is a place we can go with you, that you are with us already. I don't have to ask for you to show up. You're here.